Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Medicine Midwest podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Seth Myers, a sports chiropractor here in Salina, Kansas. And I've got a guest with me today, so this is going to be a nice special episode where we're going to be talking about some more diet and exercise tips. I thought it was very fitting considering we are in the new year. People are probably going to have some uh, diet, health, wellness goals that they're shooting for. Um, And so the guest I've got is Trey Potter. So Trey, go ahead and introduce yourself. Thanks, Seth. Uh, my name is Trey Potter, and I am the owner of Apex Strength and Conditioning here in Salina. And I am an online and in-person uh, nutrition coach and personal trainer. Nice. Um, so we'll just get right into it. So one of the first questions that I've got for you um, is just generally about setting goals, kind of setting New Year's resolutions, um, maybe things that you advise your clients on doing or not doing, um, and like to be able to have the most amount of success. What do you have for that? Okay, so this time of year, you're going to see a, a lot of trainers that really get down on people setting New Year's resolutions. And I did that a few years back too. The whole idea was like, it's a failure culture. Like most of the New Year's resolutions get set, they don't last past the end of February, and then you're done. Now I'm kind of of the mindset, it's like whatever gets you going. Mm-hmm. If it's that time of year, it's that time of year. Let, you know, if this gets you healthier and moves you in the right direction, then that's awesome. Um, in terms of actually setting the goals, I use a, a, a framework for kind of making sense of it because setting the goal isn't necessarily helpful unless we get kind of specific with mm-hmm. it and we have a path from where you're at to where you are or to yeah. where you want to be. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things, if you look at any of the research on diet and exercise, like what is good or what tends to be you know, better is really just the consistency thing. So like you could have what would look like on paper a bad diet like plan or a bad workout plan, but if you just stick to it, it's going to end up getting oh, yeah. better results than someone with the best uh, diet or exercise program, but kind of hit or miss here and there. So like, yeah, that's true. Like if that is what you need to kind of get in the gym, yeah, that's totally cool. Yeah. So anyway, so some of the framework for uh, the goals, what, what do you got for us? So I use a kind of four part framework. We start with vision. So, and I like to start big picture in the future and kind of mm-hmm. work backwards to where you are now. Uh, so we look uh, a year down the road. What does your new fit life look like? What are your goals? What are, what have you accomplished? How does it make your life better? Because we're talking long-term. Anybody can lose weight, and most people have lost weight short-term, 10, 15 pounds here and there, and it all comes right back. If you want change that lasts, like you have to plan for that. Mm -hmm. So a year down the road, what's your life look like? What can you do that you can't do now? Is it going to the beach or the pool with your shirt off and not feeling self-conscious? Like how is your life going to be better for for having made these changes? So project out long-term. Yeah. Paint that nice, big, rosy picture exactly. of how great everything is. And then kind of look at daily life. Yeah. What's going to be different day-to-day versus then to now? Yeah, getting a big picture, kind of something to stoke the fires, get yeah. you fired up. Um, but then you have to bring it back and say, okay, like to get there, I'm going to have to do these smaller mm-hmm. daily tasks. So, yeah, go ahead. And that's where we get into the <clears throat> second part of the framework. Actually, the last part of that first piece, the vision, is the what if we don't. Hmm. Yeah. So we've got we've got the the good. What's the bad? Like if I stay on the path that I am right now, where am I going to be this time next year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's that's actually really. I don't know if I've heard too many people say something like that because um, 
I personally even sometimes get stuck in that rut of like, I think I'm, you know, doing good with my workouts and stuff like that. And then I reflect back and think, man, I haven't really changed certain aspects of my diet or exercise for quite a while. Yeah. And it can be very easy to just make one small tweak that I do daily that would have a big long-term effect. So thinking about Mm -hmm. like, what if I didn't, you know, is, is actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, you need both sides of that coin because you need consequences. Yeah. It can't just be all uh, reward. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the consequences for not doing this? Sure. Um, after that, we got kind of the big picture. Now we go to orientation. Where are we at now? What do our current habits look like nutritionally, training-wise, lifestyle, all these things? Where are we at so that we can build a plan from where we are to where we want to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I... I I love analogies and sure. acronyms and things. I use it a lot in the office yeah. describing what's going on with pain and yeah. Yeah. So once we kind of know where we're at, we kind of see that some of the changes we need to make, we need to eat better, we need to exercise more consistently, we need to do those things. Then I'd use what's called, I call it the win strategy is what's important now. Like what's the most important thing we can do right now that's really small that we can do every single day? Yeah. To kind of start racking up wins in yeah. that win column, build momentum, that builds motivation and it keeps you going. Sure. Yeah, that's a big thing with both diet and exercise, but I think especially diet that is just um, is very tough for people to, to really stick with it, it because... It's not like with diet, you make one giant change and now all of a sudden the Mm -hmm. next day you've lost that 50 pounds. It's these little small like menial things that aren't very fun to do, but rack up after months and years Mm -hmm. of doing them that give you that. And and that's why I think so many people uh, fall off is just because it's, they've got this big picture and then it stops with that. Like, of course they're doing stuff throughout the day, each day. But they don't realize that those tasks are really what's important, not this idea of the 50 pounds that they're going to lose. So Yeah. It is very challenging because people get into kind of a transactional mindset with fitness. Mm-hmm. I did X number of minutes oh, on yeah. the treadmill. Yeah, yeah. I ate X number of salads. The scale should reward me by yeah. saying I have lost X number of pounds. Uh-huh. And it doesn't work like that. Yeah. What we do is we take action. We measure results. And then we adjust action based off of what the feedback is giving us. Because mm-hmm. no, nobody's plan is going to be exactly the same oh, from yeah. person to person. Yeah, exactly. Like I have my own experience trying to lose a couple pounds here and there. Um, I like to try and step on the scale first thing in the morning just to kind of see. The reality is though, like I could be eating exactly what I'm supposed to and that number every day can be wildly different. I could gain or lose a couple of pounds within a day, even though the habits that I'm doing eating wise haven't really changed much. But you have to keep in mind, like that's normal and it's okay. And I just need to keep doing those tasks daily. Mm-hmm. And eventually in a couple months, that number is probably going to be trending the way that I want it to. Um, and hopefully we can keep it there. So yeah. Anyway, so the win strategy. Uh, yep. What so you- what's important now, what's important next? Okay. Because we have to be looking down the road with these things. One of the traps that people fall into is they just diet and they diet until they've either hit their goal or they're burned out. Yeah. And then when they've hit their goal or they burn out, they stop dieting. Mm-hmm. And so they go back to what they did before, sure. which is what got them to yeah. where they were when they started. Yeah. So, so if you look at, um, I'm a big fan, uh, well, a bunch of different, uh, you know, nutrition researchers, 
Um, but if you look at any of the research uh, for people to try and lose weight, um, when they are on a weight loss uh, you know, program or an actual study, they follow these people up and most of the time what you find is about 80 to 90% of people mm -hmm. in any like weight loss study will have regained most of the weight that they lost. And so we get about a 10%-ish you know, uh, group of people who will maintain the weight loss. And if you try and ask them why they like were able to maintain the weight loss, it's usually because whatever changes they made in their diet, were, they were able to maintain within their current lifestyle. So, and that's one of the big things, like what you're saying is some of these small changes, it's not just how can I tweak my diet to lose weight, but how can I tweak my diet in ways that I will be able to continue to tweak my diet in longevity, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, then that's where we lead into kind of the fourth piece of the framework here is the education piece. Nearly everybody is going to have some knowledge or skill set that they need to acquire in order to execute the plan and then maintain afterwards. Mm -hmm. So when we get into the actual diet, again, there's kind of a four-part framework. You've got the preparation phase for the diet, you mm -hmm. have the execution of the diet, you have the recovery from the diet, and then you have the expansion afterwards. Mm -hmm. So when we get into the education phase, we're really looking at preparation. Are we, what do we need to be able to execute the diet consistently for eight, 10, 12, 16 weeks? Mm -hmm. Is it gonna be, and it's different person to person. Yeah, Some people have no like, idea about food Yeah, at I was all. gonna say like, do you educate your clients on like how to cook chicken sometimes or? And that is very individual. Like some okay. people don't cook at all. And yeah. so I'm not saying you have to cook all of your meals, <clears throat> but having that skill set in your back sure. pocket, like yeah, yeah. Well, that's maybe something we look at. Yeah, because that's what I think like when you're saying um, you educate folks on certain things. In my head, the first thing that pops up because I've worked with people about diet before is like just telling them like these are foods that I would cook together and this is how I would eat them. Mm -hmm. And like just telling them that is kind of like mind blowing to them. They're like, oh, really? Like it's that's yeah. what you eat? Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It all depends on the person and how they need to execute. Because as anybody who's been on the internet for more than nine seconds has seen, there are a million different diets sure. and there are a million different opinions on how things work. All diets work on a calorie deficit. Yeah. Yep. Keto, paleo, whole 30, if it fits your macros, calorie cycling, carb cycling, uh, whatever you want to do. If it causes weight loss, it put you in a calorie deficit. Sure. The difference here is in the strategy. Mm -hmm. So... Counting calories, if it fits your macros, all these things are more of a quantity-based diet. They're focusing on how much you're eating, mm -hmm. and then you get to kind of fill in the blanks with what you're what eating. What you're actually eating, yeah. For one person, if they're doing the if it fits your macros thing, it's all Burts it's pop-tarts. It is the yeah. most garbage they can find yeah. that will fit the numbers they need to hit. Uh -huh. and so, you know, spoiler alert, I actually like the if it fits your macros Um Mostly because for me personally, like the normal foods that I eat, I would say 80 plus percent of it is like like good, yeah. healthy stuff. You know, eggs, uh, chicken, rice, uh, some broth, whatever. My, but my point is I like to fill in that last 20% with, you know, oh, I got some calories in the evening. Maybe some yeah. ice cream will fit. But anyway, exactly. uh, but again, exactly what he's saying is true is um, – whatever style you're able to maintain and like i say this a lot is if you started a diet and then you after a week 
asked yourself, kind of reflecting, could I eat like this or cook my food like this or whatever for the next year? If the answer is yes or no, that's a really good indicator on if you should keep doing that diet or not. If the answer is yes, then that's awesome. Keep it up. If the answer is no, maybe look at what you're doing, reflect back like maybe keto isn't my jam. Anyway, so I think that's really important to kind of be reflective on what type of diet you choose because I think it's actually relieving to hear that any type of diet can work because I think one of the really frustrating things that a lot of people have is because there are so many diets out there, they just want to know the truth. Which one is the right one? The reality is any of them could be so yeah. you can you know, have some fun testing them out. But uh, yeah, the other side of that equation um, from the quantity based is the quality based. So the, the vegan, vegetarian, paleo, Whole30, that crowd tells you not really how much to eat, but they say, just eat these foods and don't eat these yeah. foods. What they're relying on is that improving quality is going to decrease quantity. Mm -hmm. So if you go from eating kind of the standard American diet to eating more whole foods, Sometimes we end up eating fewer calories yeah. and it results in weight loss. And for other people, they see like, I can eat bacon and eggs as much as I want. Yeah. They're, if you eat 5,000 you know, calories yeah. of salmon and broccoli, you're probably still, you're going to gain weight. Yeah. It doesn't matter where those calories come from. Mm -hmm. Too much is too much. Yeah. So it just depends on the person, their mindset, where you're, where they're at as to what strategy we end up using. Mm -hmm. Some people do really well counting calories and macros because it gives them that framework. Mm -hmm. We're still pushing them towards higher quality food, sure. but it gives them flexibility to be able to enjoy foods that they actually like. Exactly. Um, other people, like I have a guy who's just taking pictures of his food mm. and we adjust portions and some food selection based on that because he has no history of dieting. He's never yeah. dieted in his life and he's in his 60s. <clears throat> well, and that's the thing that I think is kind of amazing, even though diet is something, you know, everybody eats. And this is what I was talking to Trey before we started the show. Diet and exercise, I think there are a lot of, there's a lot of information about both of those things out there. There's a lot of misinformation about both of those things out there, but pretty much everybody eats and not everybody exercises. So with that, there are so many either, uh, you know, misconceptions about food or things that people just don't know about food that's kind of mind-blowing. Like, for example, um, you could probably talk to somebody about their diet and they just don't know what carbs are. So when you say, mm -hmm. hey, you get so many grams of carbs, well, what does that mean? You know, and so that's yeah. why I think it's nice to have some flexibility in the type of diet that you're doing, how you manage that with clients, so mm -hmm. on and so forth. So um, anyway, any other tips for diet that you've used with clients that have been like maybe something you don't hear a lot in the like social media world? Uh, the number one thing that people never talk about when they start a diet is generally because they're looking at the internet and they're just finding a diet. The very first thing you should be asking yourself are what are my non-negotiables? What are oh, my deal breakers? Mm -hmm. If I told somebody, if somebody told me I had to cut out this food for four months for me to be able to reach my goal, could I do it? Mm -hmm. Would I be willing to do it yeah. is, is really the big question. Yeah. A lot of people can do stuff, but they're not willing to. Yeah. You've got to be able to work within that sphere of, okay, I'm able to do this, I'm willing to do this, and this is what I can take action on. Sure. If you are unwilling to give up, you know, nachos and beer when you watch the Chiefs play, then me as a coach sitting here saying, like, you really, this really isn't the best choice. 
is just a horrible move on my part because mm -hmm. my job is to help you figure out individual application. How can we figure out a way that you can? So how do we how do we introduce some freedom in here sure. to, so that you can do this? Uh -huh. Like I can educate you on it and say, look, this is what happens when we do this. This is the effect it's going to have on the body. Mm -hmm. Will it slow down progress? Possibly. Do you care? Because you're still making progress and you get to enjoy the thing that you want. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Yep. Like it, none of this is up to me. Mm -hmm. Like you're choosing the route you want to go. You're choosing the acceptable terms of it. Mm -hmm. I'm just helping you put all the pieces together. Yeah. Well, and that's really nice. Like what I'm hearing from you a bunch is like, first of all, it just kind of fits with everything I talk to people about with diet. But the reality is dieting, like... I think people assume that when you go to a diet or change your way of eating, that it needs to be this very strict, there's, mm -hmm. you know, hard guidelines. If you cross these you know, lines or rules, it's over, it's wrecked. But the reality is you can form a pretty good, well-rounded diet that has a lot of flexibility in it. And yeah. like you can have some of the foods or beverages that you enjoy and still make really good progress and have fun and not feel like you're just starving all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so is that, I mean, pretty true with a lot of the clients that you've seen is like they feel like they're pretty relieved when they hear like they still can eat nachos if they want or what? Yes. Most, <clears throat> most people that come in have a pretty robust diet history. They've tried everything. Mm -hmm. Most of it's worked to some degree. For a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then it all came right back. What was missing was kind of the lifestyle piece with everything. So when we introduce it to this way and say, look, we're not trying to take these things away because these are a part of your life. If you love sushi, mm -hmm. but we know it's calorie dense, we're just going to figure out a different way to put it in there. Yeah. Do you have, um, I'm thinking of a couple in my head, but do you have specific strategies or uh like ways that you're able to manipulate someone's diet to be able to sneak those foods in? Like like day-to-day -day things you have your clients do? A lot of it is just manipulation day-to-day. -day. It, and it really depends on the person and the strategy we're using. So mm -hmm. if we're counting calories and macros, and we, we've got that framework there, if we know that Sunday is Chiefs game and it's going to be beer and nachos day, mainly we're looking at total calories. Yeah. If we can hit protein earlier in the day, like we may go with really lean protein and vegetables. So like mm -hmm. egg whites and uh, peppers for breakfast, chicken breast and broccoli for lunch. And then the afternoon, like you're going to have some nachos and beer. Yeah. And so um, just to kind of take a step back, like obviously I think most people know that calories are a thing. So counting calories, the idea is you're trying to count the number of calories that you're consuming to keep it at or below the calories you burn throughout the day. But macros, some people might not know what macros are. So can you break that down for us? Yeah. So macronutrients are protein, carbs, and fat. Mm -hmm. Those are the big ones. Um, those Actually, those are the only three. Every other thing, they break nutrients up into macro and micro. Micronutrients don't have an energy value, which mm -hmm. is like calories. And micronutrients would be things like vitamins, minerals, things yep. of that nature. Vitamins, so. minerals, all that stuff. We need them, but they don't have an energy value. Protein, carbs, and fat have an energy value, and they operate differently inside the body. Mm -hmm. So, uh, again, when you're talking counting macros, what he's referring to is tracking how many carbs we're eating in a day, tracking how many grams of protein we're eating in a day, and how many grams of fat. So those three big things right there. And then obviously, if you just do some math, you add up those grams. Uh, at the end of the day, you'll have a total calorie number. Yeah. And so when you're counting macros, um, that's a way that you can try and <clears throat> keep track of 
where food is coming from, you know, carbs, fats, proteins, so on and so yeah. forth. So anyway, uh, didn't mean to cut you off, but just in oh, case people didn't know what macros are, counting macros. So yeah. Um, so yeah, so trying to manipulate foods earlier in the day to eat or sneak in some stuff at the end of the day. So at the end of the entire day, your budget, quote unquote, yeah. is, you know, balanced, right? You also have the, the instances where someone may be really working on some issues with social settings where having a few drinks and everything, it, it just turns into a, a bender for them. But that's mm -hmm. kind of their non-negotiables going out with friends yeah. Friday night. What you do is you just plan kind of for worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. So the other days you're going to have to be a little more strict. Maybe we just full on fast yeah. earlier in the day or the following day. <clears throat> like there's a lot of different strategies you can deploy. What, has happened in the past is some of those social settings that people have issues with part of that issue comes from they don't feel like they have the freedom to do it mm -hmm. because they have this kind of black and white mentality yeah. like these so foods they, good these foods bad so then once they cross the line they just go all in they go all <clears> in <throat> when we can set up that plan to say okay you can make progress and still do this we mm -hmm. just have to set up these other days sure. like this and be more regimented more strict yeah. like the more freedom you want here the more structure we have to have here. Mm -hmm. When you start giving them that freedom and saying like, oh, these things aren't off limits, like it can be part of it, they actually start coming back around and be like, oh, I don't feel the need yeah. to go off the deep end with this stuff because I know it's not horrible for me. It's mm -hmm. not going to ruin all my progress. Yeah. Um, so like what you're describing, that's kind of how I set up my personal diet when I do diet and like people who I like advise to, you know, structure their plan is like this budget. And so thinking about your calories and I usually use macros for me personally, but as a budget, both daily and then weekly. So, um, I like the idea, like what you're talking about of, staggering certain days so maybe like tuesday wednesday thursday of my week i'm actually going to be below what my number should be by a decent amount so that friday saturday sunday if i wanted to i can use those calories that i saved from earlier in the week to enjoy a beer or something like that on the weekend um, and so thinking of calories or macros at like as a weekly number i think is another thing that people haven't considered that actually can work out really well in your favor to again add some more freedom now i'm not suggesting though that um you know fast totally with no food monday and tuesday so that you can just go on a total yeah. bender for the weekend or just so that you can have some ice cream um, but you know if you know you've got a family gathering coming up a wedding and it's on Saturday, whatever, that's a great strategy to employ to uh, be able to have some freedom yeah. and not totally cross that line. So Yeah, anyway. you, you always have to, to keep an eye on that mental-emotional relationship with food. Mm -hmm. We want this to be a healthy pursuit. And if we can put in a bunch of flexibility and freedom that allows you to do that, that's amazing. If it turns into, I don't eat Monday through Thursday so that I can go <laughs> just buck wild yeah. Friday, Saturday, yeah, and Sunday. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> that's not a great thing. Yeah. So we're, we're always kind of keeping an eye on some of that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, a lot of the people that, uh, if, you, if you have very black and white rules in your head about what good and bad food is and you're always afraid of like wrecking your progress, mm -hmm. those are the people that really, really need to intentionally practice some flexibility mm -hmm. to kind of break through that wall of like, oh, okay. Like there is just, there, there's no black, white. It's just one massive gray area. Mm -hmm. 
And there's tons of options for me to do this. I can enjoy this and not feel guilty and make progress. Mm -hmm. The people who always seem to have a reason they can justify eating anything. Oh, yeah. Those are the people that need to work on being a little more strict and saying, okay, in context, like they need to practice saying no to things mm -hmm. and realize like, oh, my life doesn't end mm -hmm. because I didn't eat this cupcake. Sure. Um, I'm also curious, do you have any, uh, so I'm thinking in my head, when someone goes to the store, do you have practical tips, takeaways that you tell your clients, like things to look for or even avoid while they're shopping or, you know, grabbing the foods they're going to eat for the week? Not really. You've heard a lot of the advice, like shop the outside of the store. Yeah. That's where all the fresh stuff is. The best thing you can do is just have a plan. Yeah. Going in there. Yeah. Have like a menu that you might eat for the week. Have yeah. a, have whether it's a, a week that's planned out, just a day, like whatever that time frame is that you're shopping for. Mm -hmm. Have a plan, knowing exactly what you're going in for, and just get that. Get those things in. Yeah, it's so much of it depends else. on the person. Like if somebody's yeah. in that really rigid mindset, like grab a candy bar. Yeah. Like practice uh, some flexibility. Like be okay. Yeah. The people who just buy everything, those are the ones that really need to plan. Like, okay, we're not going down this aisle yeah. because you're not grabbing anything good. Yeah. Like. It's, Stay it, away from the chip aisle because it's literally just everything that you yeah. use. Anyway, um, I've got one small thing. It's really not any anything groundbreaking. The st you know shopping on the outside of the aisles or the outside of the store is a decent piece of info. Um, but something that I tell folks sometimes, like some small like low hanging fruit wins for diet, is uh, just trying to save a couple calories wherever you can. So, for example, if there is a product that you like. I like the example of like salad dressing because there's a thousand of them out there. Um, see if there's another very comparable, same flavor dressing that just has a fewer, less calories. So, you know, if you like ranch dressing, that's cool. Look around, see if there's other ranch dressings that are similar. Just flip the bottle over, look at the label, see if this one has, you know, 20 less calories. Because the reality is if you go through that entire bottle and it's 20 less calories per serving, you just saved yourself with eating ranch, maybe a couple hundred calories. And that's just a small thing, because I think people don't realize that there's actually a decent amount of options out there that, you know, if you save 20 calories on your ranch and then 30 calories on the bag of chips that you got, and then a couple more here and there, by the end of the you know day or week or whenever you've been eating those foods, you've been able to either, number one, just eat more food because you've saved some calories, or you were able to save calories from those things, and now you're you know on a successful diet. So yeah, that's just a small thing that I don't think a lot of people yeah. consider. It's just um, if I'm going to buy this anyway, is there yeah. one that has 15 less calories in it? So don't shop hungry. <clears throat> yeah, that's really I I'm bad at that. That you start <laughs> that's when you start justifying things. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. This will this will fit. I can make it work. Or like, oh, I'm just gonna snack on this today. Mm -hmm. Like, don't shop hungry. Have a plan. Gotcha. So we've talked mostly about diet stuff, kind of a bit bigger like format and way to think about approaching a diet. But how about in terms of like general exercise? Like that's a big thing people want to get into to be healthy and well for you know New Year's resolutions. So do you have kind of a similar format for trying to get into um, a diet route or sorry an exercise routine? Uh, to some degree, mainly with exercise, we're looking at what the person actually wants to do. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if the primary goal is weight loss, exercise in the gym is not really a tool for that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's. Um, I, I said this on one of my previous podcasts, I think, or with somebody. 
um, it's actually almost uh, disheartening, like how few calories you actually burn from exercising. Mm -hmm. Like the total number that you might burn doing an extra, like doing a workout is pretty small compared to just how many calories we burn just by being alive. Uh -huh. So yeah, it's kind of sad to hear, but the reality is if you want to lose weight, you're going to be better off having a better, more thought out diet strategy mm -hmm. than, oh, I'm going to be hitting the gym 10 times a week yeah. and running half marathons every day. Um, so yeah, it's not super fun to hear, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so the big thing with exercise and weight loss, you've got two pieces. You've got exercise and non-exercise activity. You burn far more calories non-exercise activity mm -hmm. every day than you do with exercise. Yeah. Until you start hitting the point where you are doing like triathlon training for yeah. hours upon hours a day, mm -hmm. you burn more calories walking around, blinking, fidgeting, which that, has actually yeah. been shown like scientifically to be the big yeah. difference between the people who are naturally lean and the people mm -hmm. who naturally have a hard time managing their weight. It's just the amount that they fidget yeah. throughout the day. It's literally <clears throat> non-exercise activity. Yep. It's called NEAT, N-E-A-T, um, and it is pretty neat, actually, that you yeah. can just start implementing some small things, going up the stairs, mm -hmm. uh, trying to stand at your desk a bit more, things yep. of that nature. Um, but anyway, uh, any last bits of information for us, especially in regards to diet, maybe a little takeaway or practical tip that you want to give us before we wrap it up? Uh, the big thing is that it is probably going to take longer than you think. That is okay. You may need to break a big goal down into phases. That is also okay. You cannot diet forever. Mm -hmm. um, and you need to cut yourself some slack with this stuff because a lot of this is very new mm -hmm. to you. Like I said, there's new skills, new education you have to get. Give yourself time to learn this stuff. Figure out how it works within your life and work on it from that angle versus the magazine said to do this yeah because they don't know you you yeah. know you and i think that's again like we've already said a bunch of times on this episode but um being consistent with it and realizing it's going to be months slash years of doing this um is probably the hardest thing to come to terms with but if you do that's going to ultimately lead to having success so mm -hmm. Um, all right. Well, I think we've pretty much hit all the things we wanted to talk about. Uh, if you guys have any questions uh, about the things we've mentioned, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, me, Seth Myers at Sign Spine Sport and Rehab and Trey Potter at Apex Strength and Conditioning here in town. Um, we'd be happy to follow up with anything you guys have for us. Um, and thanks for listening.